Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Jack will begin the final message in his Give Thanks series. This message will be titled, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and focus on the faithfulness of our Heavenly Father. The text for this message is Lamentations 3, verses 17 through 22. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Lamentations now, and we'll join in with Pastor Chuck. Family, there's, uh, in Lamentations, Lamentation is known uh, from the Greek word, it means loud cries. To lament means to have deep sorrow, deep grief, to experience sorrow at a very deep level, to be agonizing, to feel the weight of despair and hopelessness. You get this wonderful book that the Lord has provided us by way of what most scholars say is the prophet Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah is looking back over the city of Jerusalem. He's looking over the people of God and he's seeing we did not follow the Lord's instructions. We were not obedient ones. And because of that, the Lord said, I'll give you over to your enemies, these diseases and things that have plagued you. All of these things that have happened, your enemy will triumph for you. You will no longer be the head, you will be the tail. You will no longer be above, you will be beneath. So he's experiencing this moment where he's looking back over the desolation of the city of Jerusalem. That great and mighty city, that city that was on a hill, shining brightly and was glorifying the Lord Jesus. All has now become a place of ruins. He's looking back over this. He has deep hurt, deep sorrow, deep grief. He's agonizing and saying, what happened? For even in the midst of, of, of rebellion and disobedience, God was still sending a word to heal them and to deliver them from destruction by the prophet Jeremiah. He was calling them out. He was saying, hey, if you don't listen and obey the Lord, then these things will happen. These are just not things that's just... I'm just making up these things will happen to you if you choose to remain disobedient. So much so that he would say in chapter 1 of Lamentations, he would say in verse 5, he said, Her adversaries have become the master. Her enemies prosper, for the Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone into captivity before the enemy. You slide down a little bit, just a few verses in verse 8. The very beginning of verse 8 says, Jerusalem has sinned gravely. Therefore, she has become vile. As he's looking back over this scene, he's looking back over the desolation of this city and saying, what has happened? Darkness has taken over many hearts and minds, and I come to do my best angel of the Lord impersonation. Good agreeing. I come to do my best angel of the Lord impersonation found in Luke chapter 2, where he says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Family, I want to do my best this morning. Wherever you are, whatever you've been experiencing, 
whatever you've been going through. I want to do my best to, to do my angel of the Lord impersonation to speak to you joy, peace, and goodwill into you and over to you today. To bring you glad tidings in the midst of bad tirings. To preach glad tidings to you in the midst of bad tirings. Lord, I'm tired. Can't take no more. I can't move another further. I can't, I can't think about this no more. God, why, oh why, oh why, oh why, oh why do I continue to remain in this posture of agony, this posture of sorrow, this posture of despair? Why, oh why, oh why? Affliction has set in, and it seems like that's, more so the new illness of the day, affliction. So I hope to do my best from Lamentations chapter 3 to begin to inject into you, to infuse into you some hope that comes straight from the throne of grace. It's founded and rooted in his holy word. So with that being said, if you're at Lamentations chapter 3, I want you to pick me up starting at verse 17, but I want to give you a little context before you get there. If you've ever read the book of Lamentations, it's not an easy read. It's not an easy read. It's five chapters, five poems that are known as acrostic poems. They are one verse for every letter of the Hebrew, I mean, of the, yes, of the Hebrew alphabet, excuse me, of the Hebrew alphabet. One letter, uh, uh, one verse for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it is in utter pain and utter despair. Why? Because of the thing that we don't like to talk about much in the church is because of our disobedience. Because of our rebellion and stiff. They're not getting here because of what somebody else did to me. They're here in this position because of what we did and how we trespassed against God and we offended him. So he told us back in Deuteronomy what would happen. He said, listen, if you obey, if you ever go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, there's 14 verses that talks about the blessings of obedience. And there's 45 verses that talks about the uh, 45 or 54, one of them is 45 verses, I believe it is, that speaks to our disobedience. Fortunately, some things that we are experiencing oftentimes in the life of a believer, most of the afflictions that we tend to deal with is most often attributed to disobedience. It's not necessarily all the time the enemy is coming at us or attacking us. It is simply because we choose not to obey. And because that we give the enemy a foothold in our lives now, because God has already given us the grace to protect us, the mercy to forgive us and to sustain us. But we choose to be like the children of Israel and we choose to follow our own thinking, our own ways and our own devices. And that's not a message that typically is getting preached in many churches because we want to make sure that people stay in the seats, we get more people in the seats, and the tithes and offerings keep flowing in. 
And all of those things are important. We want to compel them from the highways and byways. We want to go out and preach the good news. And we want to go back, push back darkness in our city and tell others about his marvelous light. And yes, it takes finances. The Lord uses us. We're his church. We're his main primary instrument to bring healing, to bring redemption here in the earth. Yes, so we need finances. We need laborers. We need servants to do the work of the ministry. But most importantly, it means nothing if we don't have his heart they said Lord Lord we we cast out demons in your name we laid hands on the sick and they recovered and he says depart from me you workers of iniquity I never knew you we didn't have relationship you were religious So I always put this out there, Rebuild Family and Friends, I always put this question out there for us. Will we be a church that is a true witness for the Lord Jesus Christ that is rooted and abiding in his teachings and in his spirit? Will we be a true witness, a church that is a true witness for the Lord Jesus Christ that is rooted and abiding in his teachings and his spirit? That's why the word of God is so important, because we read the word, and the word begins to read us. So in Lamentations chapter 1, the prophet Jeremiah, he's looking back, and he's just recording all of the desolation that he sees, the acts of disobedience, the acts of transgression, the acts of trespasses, the way that we have so quickly grabbed a hold of lawlessness and ran with it. So this beautiful, powerful city that houses the glory of God, that housed the people of God, the glory of God was on the people of God. All of these things were present, and then all of a sudden, gone. So in chapter 1 and chapter 2, he breaks that down. And then chapter 3, we see that he sets us up, and something happens. Something, as we say, down on the inside happens and all of a sudden what seemed to be bleak and bitter now becomes that much sweeter and better something happens in the inside child of God daughter of God son of God woman of God man of God something happens on the inside what happened on the inside he remembers that the, oh, I'm jumping a little bit in the, he remembers, let me just go on and get in the text. Let me go on and get in the text. We're going to preach from a sermon. I'm going to try to do my best to preach, to give you hope, to give you joy, to bring you glad tidings. Simply from the message, great is the Lord's faithfulness. Still is great. Maybe I should say it that way. Still is great the Lord's faithfulness. Chapter 3, uh, we see that he sets us up and something happens. Something, as we say, down on the inside happens. And all of a sudden, what seemed to be bleak and bitter now becomes that much sweeter and better. Something happens in the inside, child of God, daughter of God, son of God, woman of God, man of God. Something happens on the inside. What happened on the inside? He remembers 
that the, oh, I'm jumping a little bit in there. He remembers. Let me just go on and get in the text. Let me go on and get in the text. We're going to preach from a sermon. I'm going to try to do my best to preach to give you hope, to give you joy, to bring you glad tidings simply from the message, great is the Lord's faithfulness. Still is great. Maybe I should say it that way. Still is great the Lord's faithfulness. Oh, we've been looking at the wind and the waves of 2020 entirely too much. And we have yet to declare, like we're going to see the prophet Jeremiah, that the Lord is my portion. Do I have any, anybody still believe? Anybody still believe? Because I believe if we began to band together and believe, we're going to see some miracles, signs, and wonders before 1231 2020. I believe, I believe we can band together in faith and God can do some miracles, signs, and wonders in the earth when we turn back to him. That's the, that's the action step. You got to turn back to him. You got to turn from what you were looking at, which is depression, oppression, despair, addiction. And you got to turn to the light of the Lord. And you got to look at life and freedom and liberty and mercy and grace and forgiveness and healing in the name of Jesus. So pick me up. Pick me up in verse 17. Verse 17, Lamentations, chapter 3. He says, my soul is bereft of peace. You know you're really jacked up when you start using big words to talk about how bad it is for you. <laughs> when you use fancy words, I call them like them five-syllable words. When you start bringing out them five-syllable words, you know there's some real stuff going on in your life. Right? You can't, you can't, you done said it simply, but now as it gets to the point, you've been laying there so long, you've been thinking about some things, it's like, yo, man, this, 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 this is just terrible. You start putting words together, you ain't never think. I don't even know some of the big words you can think of right now, but I know they're at least four syllables long. But this man says, listen, I was bereft of peace. What does that mean? He meant that his, he was extremely deprived of peace. Listen to how much online family, listen to how much his soul says. He says, my soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. Forgotten what happiness is. I told him in the first service, this, I said, listen, remember, this is what I love. I said, I grew up in the city, um, and I also grew up in the country. And in the country, we had the beautiful gift of, I know this probably happened in the city, but I didn't really grow up there. I grew up in the country. So I can only tell you by my experience what I happened. There was something about being in the country where you had this gift called imagination. Because in the city, you typically had resources to some stuff that you didn't have in the country. In the country, you had to, and you, you had to create happiness. And so if I wanted a basketball court, what did I do? I created off a patch of grass. And then I got that bicycle, and I took that front tire off, and I got them pliers, and I took them spokes out, and I got them, them big long nails that somehow my grandpa or uncle or somebody had. I don't know where they came from, how they made, but it's them long nails, and I found that big old pine tree. I tried to find the widest one I could, and I would take that, uh, I would take that rim, and I would take that nail, and I would nail it into the tree. That was my basketball court. And look, see, listen, I don't know what part of the country where you live at, but where, but where I was, we ain't have plyboard, so I want a backboard. You had to learn to shoot off the tree. 
And I had to be wise enough to put it up high enough because if I got cocky and I wanted to dunk it, I might mess up the rim and I can't shoot on it no more. Happiness, we talking about happiness. We talking about the ways that you would create meals back then. There's nothing, there's nothing like, I'm telling you, there's nothing like a tomato sandwich in the summer. There's nothing like going in the garden and getting your own fresh cucumbers, your own fresh tomatoes, going and get that vinegar, salt, pepper, and sugar, and making your own balsamic vinaigrettes. Happiness. There's nothing like making the best dessert when you're out there in the country and you pick them blackberries and you rinse them off and then you go in the house and you put sugar on top of them and put them in the freezer all day long. Everybody see, I, now, now we got children. Everybody talk about it. It's nothing, it's nothing like happiness. happiness. I begin to imagine what happiness looks like. And I feel like, family, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like in 2020, we've lost the ability of having an imagination. We've lost the opportunity. We've lost, not the opportunity, we've lost because there have been plenty of opportunities. We've lost the ability to think on the goodness of Jesus and believe that our God can do anything but fail. To be creative about happiness. I may be not able to go out, but I can still know how to bring the joy of the Lord in. Oh, oh, sometimes all you got to do is just put the right songs on. Get yourself together, put on some nice clothes, open up the windows, and begin to do your dance and sing your song to the Lord and have church on your own. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck continues his message, which is titled, Great is Thy Faithfulness.